This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Tuesday afternoon, July 18th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Getting married can boost not only your happiness, but your wallet. We'll cover that in our next segment. But first, today's housing and retail sales data provides the latest glimpse into inflation and the overall health of the U.S. economy. Joining us now on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Andrew Bush former Chief Markets Intelligence Officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and economist at andrewbush.com based in Chicago. Andy, thank you for joining us today. Let's talk about retail sales for the month of June, rising for the third straight month, uh, up two-tenths of a percent. And uh, what picture does that paint not only of the American consumer, but uh, also of the fight against inflation? Yeah, we're seeing continued strength in the consumer, uh, and that should underscore and underpin GDP uh, it's kind of a surprise. Obviously, this is not what most economists were expecting. Uh, it's good news overall uh, that it's also a little bit slower, um, you know, only up 0.2%. And car sales were a big driver of it, uh, which is great. Uh, the annual unit sales were up to about $15.7 million. That's still below where we were in uh, you know, January of 2020. Um, we need to get to you know close to 17 million, but it's still a good sign. And what this shows overall is um, it it should lead to a continued slowing of inflation overall. If you're the Fed and you've been fighting inflation for 18 months and you want a soft landing, you look at these numbers and do you say uh, you want growth but not too much growth? So what what is the good kind of growth and what's the bad kind of growth as far as the Fed is concerned? Yeah, I think they're going to continue to raise interest rates. The good kind of growth is, you know, sustainable, um, you know, nothing super crazy. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that we've had, you know, leading into 2020. And then we got a lot of other fiscal stimulus that kicked in that, that drove it and drove inflation. And, of course, we had supply chain problems. Those supply chain problems have pretty much worked themselves out. There's still bottlenecks in certain places. But overall, in the goods sector, we've seen a, a significant decline in prices. As a matter of fact, I would suggest that there will be uh, some pretty good sales coming up as inventory for a lot of these uh, big consumer goods companies have been uh, rising significantly. And I know that they're dialing back uh, you know, the, the, the amount of stuff they're producing because they have so much inventory. So I think, I think everybody's going to get a break here, and that'll put, again, more downward pressure on inflation. Home builder sentiment up once again. And when you look at the uh, real estate market and the uh, just, you know, housing supply crunch that we're dealing with right now, that shouldn't be much of a surprise. No, I mean, the home builders are probably pretty psyched that, that there's that much demand and that home prices are holding up. 
the thing is, is that we all know that it's a lot more expensive to buy a home. Not only the price of the home's gone up and it's not come off a whole lot, but also the cost of the capital to buy it or the mortgage. So these home builders are cautiously responding to the lack of supply of these homes. One interesting statistic is that, you know, during the time when, you know, interest rates were basically zero, over 50% of the people that had a 30-year mortgage refinanced. Those people do not want to get out of their homes because they'd have to have really expensive money to buy another house. So you can understand why there's not very many homes available for the inventory. And that's why these builders are like, hey, we got to build some more homes and take advantage of this. I, I don't know if it's going to last. We, we know that the higher interest rates are putting a downward pressure uh, in a couple of different areas. So we'll see how this plays out. But it's fascinating to see their response. Andrew Bush, former chief markets intelligence officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and economist at andrewbush.com based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, the financial advantages of getting married. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. There are many great reasons to get married, including a host of tax breaks and financial benefits. Joining us with some key advice is Shane Gornick, partner and certified financial planner at Forefront Financial Planning in Downers Grove. Find them online at preparemyretirement.com. Shane, thank you for joining us today. The first and most obvious benefit of getting married are the tax advantages. It seems like the government and the IRS really want Americans to, to get hitched. Uh, that's correct, Rob, and thanks for having me. So uh, uh, a big part of it is uh, you'll usually be better filing off filing jointly for your tax return versus filing uh, single. Uh, so because of that, there's a, there's that tax benefit that, uh, Rob, that you'd mentioned uh, before that uh, we think is obviously ideal. Now, it's not always best case scenario, but it certainly helps. It's also a big deal if you sell a home. So if you sold a home as a single person, uh, you can get an exclusion of up to 250000 for the taxable gain. Uh, for a couple, it goes up to 500000 So that can make a really big deal, and it can mean that the couple may, pays no tax on that gain, and uh, that can result in tens of thousands of dollars of savings. And then what are some of the Social Security benefits of getting married? I mean, you're obviously, you're not thinking about them uh, when you get married, let's say in your 20s or 30s, but they definitely uh, will make themselves apparent 40 years down the road. Exactly. And we, and we certainly don't think that that will be someone's primary reason for getting married in their 20s or 30s. Uh, uh, but that being said, with Social Security, not everybody knows about this, but with Social Security, with you and your spouse, uh, uh, so your, your Social Security benefit is largely based on the amount of income that you earn over the course of your lifetime. And so the higher your level of income, the higher your benefit. And there are many situations where a spouse, one spouse might have a substantially higher income and one might have a lower income. And in, some case, in, in many cases, uh, the amount that the uh, lower income earning spouse is getting, their benefit is going to be very low. And so because of that, there's something called a spousal benefit with Social Security, which if your benefit on your own is the lower income spouse, uh, let's say my benefit is 3000 and my spouse's benefit is 1000 they can get the higher of their own benefit or an amount equivalent to half of their spouse's benefit, whichever is higher. And that's not something that's going to reflect on your Social Security statement. Your Social Security statement is only going to show your specific benefit, 
but it's something we run into with our clients all the time. And a lot of people find that they're going to get a lot more social security than they thought because of the spousal benefit. And, and there are also benefits uh, just in your own individual retirement accounts to getting married just above and beyond social security. Yes. And uh, definitely uh, this is another re- uh, area that a lot of people are not familiar with. So if you are married and both you and your spouse are a U.S. citizen, if you have an IRA or a 401k, you can that money can be left to your surviving spouse with virtually no tax implications. In many instances, you can keep the same account information, same account number, same investments. So it's a very easy transition going from spouse to spouse. If you're leaving money to a non-spouse in a retirement account or IRA, uh, they, they'll be exposed to uh, basically income taxation on the lump sum, which is the most commonly chosen option, which means if you had 300000 in an IRA left to a non-spouse, that non-spouse beneficiary is going to have to pay income taxes on 300 grand of income on top of the other income they already earn. Uh, so if, you, if you're between married and not married and you're leaving it to a spouse, uh, there's a big tax benefit for, for being married and leaving it to your surviving spouse. So the bottom line, Shane, uh, for anybody who's listening who may have a uh, longtime companion, you're trying to get them to uh, make that plunge and uh, committing to getting married, uh, just break out the spreadsheet and just talk about the various uh, uh, retirement savings and tax advantages uh, to finally getting married and becoming a couple. Exactly. Shane Gornick, partner and certified financial planner at Forefront Financial Planning in Downers Grove. Find him online at preparemyretirement.com. Coming up next, some experts say the dry cleaning industry is slowly dying. We'll talk to a company that's defined that claim and is actually expanding its operations across the Chicago area. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Cashing in with conversation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. CD1 Price Cleaners is defying industry expectations with an ambitious expansion plan that includes opening a host of new locations across the Chicago area. Welcome in Jonathan Reckles, Vice President of CD1 Price Cleaners in Chicago. Jonathan, thank you for joining us today. Before we talk about your expansion plans in the Chicago area and the disruption caused by the COVID pandemic. Let's go all the way back to 2019. And what was the state of play in the dry cleaning industry, not only in Chicago, but elsewhere? Uh, Was it a lot of uh, places with multiple locations, such as CD1 price cleaners, or were there still a great deal of family-owned businesses that were just soldiering on? Hi, Rob. Uh, Yeah, most of the businesses uh, in the market are independent cleaners. Uh, aside from us, I believe, uh, you know, we're one of the only change in the area. So it's a lot of, uh, you know, independent mom and pop family owned cleaners. And then it seems like when uh, COVID came in, not only in the dry cleaning industry, but you saw it in a lot of other places too. Uh, these mom and pop small businesses, uh, mom and pop thought it was a, took that as a good opportunity to retire and nobody was available to take over the business. Is that something that happened in dry cleaning as well? It is. I, I believe the market lost around 30% of the, the dry cleaners uh, because of COVID. 
Uh, you know, it put a lot of pressure with people staying home from work and not going out uh, to, to celebrate events. Uh, and, you know, we took that opportunity to, you know, double down and try to, to grow during that time. And, and you know, we but go ahead. I was going to ask, uh, you know, that, that must have been a risky proposition to talk about growing at a time when there were a lot of headlines saying, well, maybe we'll never go back to the office. Or we'll go back to the office two days a week or maybe we'll start going back to the office in 2024. I mean, that was a heck of a dice roll back then. Sure. Uh, there were, there's two elements, right? So one, we had confidence in the fact that that people would would return uh, to work. Um, but secondarily, uh, there's a lot of laundry in the market, too. That's, uh, you know, what, what people are just uh, wearing day to day casually. Uh, that needs to be washed and folded, too. It's a, it's a large service that we offer. And that's a growing market. And how did uh, you know, just just by by virtue of you know working from home? Uh, when did you begin to notice that maybe the dry cleaning business was starting to take a turn back towards uh, people using it to 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 clean those suits and dresses and and, and launders those those dress shirts? Sure, I, I would say about four or five months into the into the pandemic, we started seeing you know uh, you know a slow return. And now, you know, we're at the point and, and it's, we've been at the point for about the last um, nine months where we kind of, you know, are fully recovered. The new locations by the end of this year, uh, six new stores in Chicago and uh, more possible locations in the West Loop, Carroll Stream, Bolingbrook, Norwich and more. Uh, when you cite locations, uh, obviously the West Loop place would be just based on the massive growth potential there. But you do a little bit of research about maybe there was a mom and pop cleaners and, and the proprietors retired and, and they've been without a dry cleaners for maybe a couple of months. Uh, yeah, that that's part of it. Um, most we do about uh, you know five times the volume of a traditional uh, mom and pop cleaners because our price is so low. So it's a lot higher volume. So it's not necessarily that we're looking at specifically areas where uh, a business has uh, another dry cleaners has gone out, but more so where is an area of the market uh, that we can offer our our fast turnaround and our low prices to that may be not convenient today for a customer, aside from pickup and delivery, because that's something we just rolled out across the entire market. Jonathan Reckles, Vice President of CD1 Price Cleaners in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead on Travel Tuesday, tips on how to unplug while on vacation, and then how to help kids pay for college without breaking the bank. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The Illinois Supreme Court has made a decision on cash bail. Former President Trump may be facing more legal trouble. An update on Wall Street coming up. Markets are higher, and it's Travel Tuesday on the Noon Business Hour. How you can perform a digital detox before you go. Business, the markets are higher. The Dow is up 304 points. The Nasdaq is up 77. S&P 500 up 23. Right now in Chicago, we have 76 degrees under mostly sunny skies, going up to a sunny 80. Topping our news at the half hour, a split decision in the Illinois Supreme Court today has ultimately ruled a state law eliminating cash bail is constitutional. The details from WBBM's Nancy Hardy. In writing the majority opinion, Chief Judge Mary Jane Tice said, our role is not to judge the wisdom of legislation, but only to determine when it offends the Constitution. She and the 
other Democrats on the high court reversed a lower court's decision that the Safety Act violated the state's separation of powers. The majority found the Constitution does not mandate monetary bail as the only way to ensure defendants appear in court, and it strikes a balance between the rights of defendants and crime victims. Nancy Hardy, News Radio 105.9 WBBM. Former President Trump says he received a letter which says he is a target of a federal investigation into the events of the January 6, 2021 insurrection. The ex-president says in a social media post he received a target letter Sunday night. Such a letter can precede an indictment. Trump also received one before being charged last month in the classified documents probe. The Office of Special Counsel Jack Smith, who is leading the Justice Department investigation, declined comment. Prosecutors have cast a broad net in their probe of attempts by Trump and his allies to block the transfer of power after he lost the 2020 vote. Sagar Magani, Washington. It's 1231 on the noon business hour. Markets are higher today. And joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director with Clearstead Advisors based in New York. Jim, thank you for joining us today. And it seems like bank earnings are driving today's rally. Absolutely. Uh, you, you had strong results on Friday. You had strong results today. Uh, the banks are optimistic on the uh, state of the economy. Uh, and basically, you have a situation where the economy is doing better than expected. It's defying recession odds. Uh, earnings are coming in uh, somewhat better than expected. It's early in the season, but better than expected. Uh, and so uh, analysts are getting more optimistic on the profit outlook at a time when it looks like the Fed may be nearing the end of the rate height cycle. So that's a, that's a, a powerful positive cocktail for equity prices. Earnings season off to a strong start. Now, th- is this a function of strong results or lowered expectations? A combination of both. You came into this uh, with expectations of a decline of 7 to 9%. Uh, in the last two quarters, uh, you beat expectations, uh, and it looks like the same is going to happen here. And importantly, it seems like this will be the last quarter where you'll have negative earnings comparisons. And in the third and fourth quarter, comp- uh, uh, absolute earnings should be positive versus year ago. So I think we're in a situation where you've had uh, rates rates peaking, uh, profits bottoming, uh, and uh, uh, that that that's that's an optimistic scenario for stock prices. Having said that, on current earnings, stock prices are not cheap. So we have to have two things happen: uh, one, the Fed in fact stop after July, and two, the economy to continue to to, uh, to grow the way it has been. Uh, but if both of those happen, we'll start to focus on 2024 earnings, and that will allow for fur- further progress in stock prices. The one thing that is really jumped out to me about the uh, second quarter earnings report so far is that profits seem to have held up more often than not because there was some concern that uh, the companies were losing their pricing power and that they would be squeezed by uh, higher costs and profits would go down but they're, they, they're, they're, they're hanging tough it would seem. They're hanging tough because the consumer is strong and is not demanding uh, tremendous price discounts. So margins have held up better than expected, and revenues have held up better than expected. So it's a combination uh, of all the ingredients that go into an income statement, uh, uh, every every single one of the critical ones to date. Now, it's early. This is only the second week of uh, earnings results. Uh, But so far, you have to say all of the components 
are acting in a positive fashion. The retail sales out for the month of June, of course, uh, there's still a lot more parsing to be done, but uh, they were up. They weren't. They didn't quite meet analysts' expectations. And if the name of the game is fighting inflation, uh, growth that doesn't surprise to the upside is what you want to see. Yes, that is positive. And equally importantly, what they call the control number, which is what goes into uh, GDP uh, calculations, in fact, was stronger than expected. So it's a nice combination where the headline number is non-inflationary and the control number is pro-growth. Again, uh, a, a positive cocktail for equity prices. And then speaking of inflation, going back to home builder sentiment, uh, home builders uh, like what they see today because the only uh, w- with, with the housing market where everyone's kind of locked into the uh, low or almost non-existent rates they refinanced at three years ago, uh, existing homes hard to come by. No one wants to move. So uh, all the action is in building new houses. And over the course of time, that could be deflationary. Yeah, well, uh, yes, yeah, so that that will take a long time to be deflationary. But in in the short term, it certainly looks like the housing cycle, in spite of 500 basis points of rate increases, uh, housing appears to have bottomed and may start to contribute to the economy on a going forward basis. So it's really sort of amazing to think that 500 basis points of rate increases, three bank failures, and the economy is powering through. Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director of Clearstead Advisors based in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next in Travel Tuesday, tips on how to unplug while away from the office. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday on the Noon Business Hour, and detaching from the workplace while on vacation is one of the first steps toward relaxing and often critical to enjoying your time away. Joining us with some need-to-know tips is Michelle Reisdorf, Chicago jobs expert with Robert Half based in Chicago. Michelle, thank you for joining us today. I want to begin by saying I am going on a family cruise starting next week and uh, I have to do the digital detox because I didn't buy the shipboard Wi-Fi package and I don't have an international roaming plan. So once we get about maybe a mile out away from the last cell phone tower in uh, in, in Florida, then I'm I'm incommunicado. And you want to know what? It's a great feeling. Is, and first and foremost, good for you. Much needed. So, but but on top of that, though, I think a lot of people, we're all professionals. We're all uh, very much into our jobs. We like what we do. We want to stay on top of things in the office. And try as you might, you always want to stay connected. So how do you uh, overcome that very natural instinct to just stay plugged into what's going on at your workplace? Yeah, I mean, I think it's okay to stay plugged in, but I think you know, what's important is that you get the proper time away so that you refresh, recharge, and come back to work that much more motivated after your vacation. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, but at the same time, though, I'll give a perfect example. We were out of town uh, on a family road trip a couple of weeks ago, and it came across the. And this is just a weird thing that happens in the radio business. I don't know if this happens in, in anybody else's uh, in 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 your line of work, but we found out that Dick Biondi had passed away, the legendary Chicago radio personality. And it's eleven o'clock at night, and I thought, you know what? Maybe they need some like additional archival sound to use in our stories or obituaries for Dick. So I found a, a snippet of his his work at B96 way back in the 80s, and they said, okay, thank you, Rob. Why'd you send that at 1130 at night? It's like, well, because I'm it just it popped into my head. And I think a lot of people have that. They're like just an, an idea pops into their head, and they could be in outer Mongolia, but they have to send that back to the office. Otherwise, it goes away. 
Yeah, and I think it's okay as long as it's limited and it's quick and maybe during your downtime, like at 1130 at night, versus during the middle of the day where you take an hour out of your family time or your vacation time um, to throw yourself back into work and not really enjoy that time away. Are, are there also people who are concerned that if they're not on top of everything in the office, uh, they may be judged harshly for unplugging for a little while? I, I do think that there are probably still some bosses out there that feel that way. But I know for myself, I make sure that I set up proper kind of transition meetings, making my team aware of what I'm working on, what's outstanding, so that I have a backup that can jump in and take care of everything while I'm out for that week. And then the work still gets done. So my boss isn't disappointed, but I get to get my time away and maybe give somebody else a chance, you know, to take on some additional responsibilities. And lastly, is there a better feeling in the world uh, that we could talk about on the radio of uh, than, than putting on the out of office email reminder? No, I definitely do think that's a great feeling. The problem is, is you got to honor it. If you put that out of office on, don't keep responding to emails all week long because then you train people that it means nothing. Michelle Reisdorf, Chicago jobs expert with the Robert Half Company in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come, don't bankrupt yourself to send your kids to college. An economy of words. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A growing number of parents are footing the bill for their kids' college education, and some are ruining their personal finances in the process. Joining us with some key advice to avoid the pitfalls is Tony Ogorek, founder of Agoric Wealth Management based in Buffalo. Tony, thank you for joining us today. How many parents discover, even though they might have been saving for their child's college education their entire life, they set up the account when the baby was born, and then they get to the age of 18 and they find out it's not enough? What do they do? Well, I think first off, they have to try and, and understand that debt is going to be part of the equation. And they have to help their children understand that they've got to manage that debt and at least spend as much time thinking about that in terms of uh, going forward as, you know, what school they're going to be attending. So uh, if they have not saved a sufficient amount to to cover expenses, maybe they have to consider going to a two-year school um, to get some of the core courses out of the way before they go to perhaps a four-year at a much higher tuition price point. And do you encounter clients who say, look, I want to access my 401k because, you know, maybe one of these days my kids are going to make a lot of money and and they'll pay me back? (laughs) Uh, The first part I hear, not the second part. Um, You know, essentially the the problem with that strategy is first, you know, most people do not have sufficient retirement assets anyway. So rating them is not necessarily a good idea. And the bottom line is, you know, you want to be eating at your kid's house three days a week because you don't have enough money to retire on. Um, Second, you know, there are premature withdrawal penalties. In addition to these, you know, state and federal income taxes you're going to have to pay on a withdrawal, there's an additional 10% if you are, you know, before age 59 and a half. Now, there may be some, you know, ability to take a loan and various things, but then you're out of the market. So it's generally a really bad idea to tap retirement account assets to cover college expenses for your kids. 
And then do you also just counsel, uh, before we even talk about uh, a selection of a school, do you also counsel clients to maybe you know talk about uh, uh, potentially having their kid pay for some of their tuition via a summer job or a work-study job? Well, Rob, you know, the work-study jobs oftentimes are doled out, you know, based on a, you know, on a need basis. However, you know, I do think uh, I'm a big believer in skin of the game. And if you can tell your kid that, well, yeah, I expect you to, you know, find employment where you can earn three, four, five thousand dollars over the summer, um, that's going to help contribute to, uh, you know, whatever is going to be going on. And or uh, if there are work study opportunities or something, you can get close to school. You know, maybe you can consider that. One of the things, though, that I found to be a real issue sometimes is that kids spend way too much time. Uh, working a, a second job, oftentimes, you know, what, 30 hours a week, that it really degrades the quality of education they get because they don't have time enough to hit the books. So I think you need to strike a balance there. Tony Agoric, founder of Agoric Wealth Management in Buffalo. Thank you for joining us today. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.